Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Emails we've seen coming through the industry lately that are getting more and more intelligent. Now, if someone needs you to log into your Office 365 account and you log in with your username and password, and before you know it, there's a chain reaction that starts then. The beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over there and it's the lovely Claire Horsley over there. And need to ask a question, Claire. How's uh, things going on LinkedIn with you at the moment? Very, uh, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Well, we need to, you need to explain to the listener what's going on. Must I? Yes, yes, you must. Well... I always thought that LinkedIn was a platform to promote your business and to make new business connections, but it transpires it's actually being used for something else, (laughs) such as asking people out on dates. How many are we up to now? I've had three, actually. You're joking. (laughs) No. So are these just random people or or people you're connecting with from a business perspective? These are random people. What are you posting on LinkedIn? Well, I did actually have to say, I did go through my page and just double-check because I was thinking maybe I've got the wrong slant here with self-promotion, but... No, it all looks okay. Yeah, maybe your tops are a little bit too low. It, it, all, it all looks fine, all looks fine, but it, it did humour me greatly. And I'm glad it has you as well, but I didn't want to tell you I had three. Because how many have you had? Uh, no, I haven't had any. Oh, well, I'll share some of mine. Yeah, you're loving it secretly, aren't you? No, I'm really embarrassed talking about it. No, you're not. So each week on the show, we talk to an industry expert or an entrepreneur who shares loads of useful advice and tactics that you can take away right now and use to grow your business. This week, it's Claire's turn. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about how to protect your data. Oh, computer internet stuff. That's really good subject and something that um, can be a real minefield for a lot of people. Um, And although I'm quite computer savvy, there are still quite a lot of things that pass me by and it changes so much and it develops so quickly. It's really hard to keep up with it too, isn't it? It is. And I just felt with the increased usage of online working, uh, what better topic to have to help people ultimately look after, you know, what it is that they're doing and keep their data safe. So we've got someone good, but not boring this week. We have a lovely chap called Mitch Parker. Mitch is the director of Safety Net Computer Solutions. Um, and Mitch has been running a successful IT support company in the southeast for over 20 years, supporting various industries, um, including engineering, law and finance. So Mitch is your guy if you are looking to ensure that your data is kept protected and kept safe. Oh, interesting. Let's find out what he's got to say. This is the Big Little Business Show. Here we go. Started off in programming many years ago um, in software and was out for quite a few years, went back into IT just because of the love of it, really. I've always had a passion for IT. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a geek, but I do enjoy the technical side of things. Then it's uh, just materialised from there, from working for a business, for another company, and then starting on my own, and then working with different industries, um, understanding what business is about and what IT requirements, and pretty much how it's changed over the years, I would say. That's the one thing I've noticed uh, very much. IT's so pinnacle for most businesses all, all businesses I would say yeah really? the journey's been long and it's been definitely been trying and testing but I still love it so of course we're going to be talking about security of data but I'm actually really intrigued and I have to ask what was the first computer that you used uh the first one that I had was well I had a, a ZX81 I have no idea what that is and it, I probably went through each of them the Commodore 64s the Vic 20s 
pets, all sorts of different names. Are you probably scratching your head from? Uh, I've said I've heard of a couple of them. I've heard of a couple of them. I mean, I must admit, I mean, I remember when I was at school and uh, we had three computers throughout the whole school. So, you know, of course, what I'm thinking is, you know, you must have seen so much of a change from the beginning. So at school, I remember using um, punch cards. That was probably my first real introduction to schooling of uh, of IT. Was actually printing these cards that actually meant something to a computer and understanding binary computer language really was probably the first introduction to it. Well, even then, though, you know, when we were looking at um, saving our data, um, whether for the floppy disks, was it the floppy disks? And um, yeah, I remember those. We used to get these floppy ones just to cut them, cut them, and then turn them over so we use both sides of them as well. It wasn't recommended by the industry, but we used to do that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I seem to. I've had a, a game pop into my mind from Spectrum. I think it was Horace Goes Skiing. I, I was never a big games player though. That's the thing with me. Never. I tried to many times, but I was never really a games person. I was more the technical side of it. It was more how those games were written as opposed yeah. to the actual playing of them. So with um, businesses now um, and people who are utilising technology, and of course, you know, it is transformed over the last, you know, you point out 20 years or so. Tell me a little bit more about why people should be ensuring they, they're keeping their data safe. Data's key. No matter whether it's your personal, whether it's your business, key part of it, first of all, is to know where your data is. You know, if you've got a laptop or a phone and you, you're saving pictures and documents, etc., you know, understanding where your data is going. Is it iCloud? Is it Dropbox? Is it OneDrive? All of these mm. services that are available to us nowadays. I mean, that's the, the first point is to understand where it is. So, you know, if your device gets lost, stolen, etc., or just dies you still know how to get back into it. And do you have any tips that maybe you can share with us with regards to the backup, the backup side of things? You talk, refer to iCloud there. Um, yeah, but backups are, again, another thing. It's another conversation, really, I suppose. Backups are an additional part to your data. Backups do give you that sort of safety net to be able to get your data back if something does happen to your data. People use, say, iClouds, and if anything happens to their data on their machines, they know they, they, they're using iClouds and OneDrive as a backup, and it's not really for that. It's where your data is stored, and then backups are another, sort of just another level of protection for your information. So if people are looking to maybe set up a business or after you know listening to our conversation, they're looking at uh, how they can ensure that they you know, have a really robust plan with regards to their own data. Um, and I'm referring to the internet, you know, the, the way that we're using computers as we talk, uh, as we're coming out of lockdown with COVID, the usage of computers has changed, you know, dramatically. People's job roles have changed. People are working um, from home a lot more. Um, what would you say to people in terms of maybe a couple of tips with regards to what they should be looking at or looking for or doing? The primary start for any level of data security is the password is the minimal level of protection you should have um in in today's environment um i would say that passwords need to be very strong i uh, need to be very um what's the word i'm gonna look for here they need to be unbreakable in a certain way but added to that is the two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication which is another level of protection mm -hmm. um, lo lots of people i think we've all done it we've used the same password 
on on different services, whether it's your Facebook account, whether it's your LinkedIn account. This obviously generates a potential weakness in your in, in your security. Uh, making sure that you've got a strong password to start with, password managers that are out there which are really good that store different passwords. I mean, in our business, we have a password generator that all of our passwords on our systems are 20 characters long. Two-factor, as I said, is another level, which then on your device, you've mm-hmm. got an app or you've got a, a text messaging service, so you'll get a text message when you log in. It's just adding layers of protection. None of them are great on their own. It's adding each layer will give you better protection for all your data. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I need to be looking at looking at mine again, actually. Um, so uh, with the internet as well, I mean, people talk about uh, hackers, People coming in to steal data. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of com- couple of articles recently where, you know, data has been sold or that there's been talk of data being sold to other people. Um, how can we ensure that the best we can that that doesn't happen? The weak link in the chain is not normally the platform your data is on. It's normally the person that's using that platform. To right. be honest. If someone that doesn't have multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication turned on, someone that uses weak passwords, and someone that doesn't have a backup. I mean, backups of your data are so important. There's a lot of emails we've seen come through the industry lately that are getting more and more intelligent and more and more real, to be honest, that come mm. through to you that you go, oh, someone needs, you know, someone needs you to log into your Office 365 account, mm-hmm. and you log in with your username and password, and you haven't got two-factor turned on, and then nothing happens, and you go, oh, something must be wrong with Microsoft. And then all you've done is you've given someone else your username and password to get into that service, and before you know it, there's a chain reaction that starts then. Uh, Mm. And we've seen it in businesses where their data has been pretty much encrypted, and then a ransom is required at the end of it, which, you know, you look at Bitcoins, which if you don't know the price of Bitcoin at the moment is about... It's just under 10,000 uh, 10, euros it is at the moment for one Bitcoin. And when people are asking for that sort of money, then it becomes an expensive remedy, which you should never pay anyway. Make mm. sure you've got the levels of protection in place before you put any real critical data or any personal data as well. Personal data mm. is just as important as to, to your business data. Um, it's just making sure that you go through the right layer. Get recommended Speak to someone that will give you the right advice to do it, is what I would say. Do you feel that this, uh, maybe this topic of keeping, you know, your data safe, dare I say, is sometimes a little bit reactive from some people? I'm wondering if you've had some people that have come to you to say, I wish I'd done that. Now I've lost my data. Help, what am I going to do? Very much so. I mean, it's like that, the horse has bolted scenario. It's too late after that. You need to make sure that you've got the right things in place. It's very easy to say, talk about it it's actually doing it that can be so cost effective in the long run because afterwards if your data does become encrypted or if your account gets hacked etc it's very much now not as like it used to be where you get some dodgy pop-ups appearing it's about watching what you do and how you run your business in the background Mm -hmm. and then there's that point in time when they will take over your account your data and then they will contact your customers, your friends, your associates, and it then does look like it's coming from you. That's mm. the key part about it. It's just making sure that you are aware 
of the consequences and just putting simple measures in place. I mean, password security, length, you know, having uppercase numbers, funny characters, and it makes all the difference. I know they're a pain to remember, and that's where I put things like password um, password software that keeps all of your, your passwords in one place, mm-hmm. making sure that's secure, though, as well, because you're putting all your eggs in one basket to a degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. making sure that that's extra secure so you have got a long password that you're going to remember two-factor authentication all of the security that's in place you make sure you've got that before you start fabulous so is there a, a password software that people like me could ut- utilize or there's, there's lots out there i mean all, all of that the, the, the um, security companies do do have a password part to their to their suite of software tools when I mean, we we use um, I, I actually use this per- personally. There's a bit of software called Keeper, mm-hmm. Keeper Security. There is a subscription price to it. But you can do a family pack for it as well, which then allows all your family to have it. And it's really, really good. It's very, very secure. And it just thinking you, you can keep a lot of things in there that are, you're never going to remember everything, especially right. if you do, you, you as you should do, use different passwords. And you just keep things in there, but it's, you know you can do you can Google search most of the, the reputable companies that are out there that, that that provide security suites of software will have yeah. something like that in their in their their catalogue, really. Yeah, because when you look at actually the amount of um, pieces of software or social media now that we're using, I mean, I, you know, I've changed the way that I work in the last six months, but you know, when you actually count them up, um, I counted twenty three the other day, <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, it used to be just Word, just Word and Google. People used to put their their passwords in an Excel spreadsheet, and that was they'd leave that on then on their desktop or in a pen drive and things like that. It's it's it's, it's a false economy nowadays, and it's a real silly way of working. You know, you're not, you know, in business most definitely, but also in your personal life as well. Yeah, of course, especially with the online banking, um, that's obviously uh, rocketed up as well. Rocketed up. That's not probably the best English. A massive percentage of the population uses. Uh, some sort of online system now it just makes it so easy to work with and for me i'm sure you're the same Clay. i'd be lost without a lot of the technologies that are out there oh gosh yes that boy that is this is my business now um you know being online so uh yeah, it's a really important conversation to have especially with uh social media as well the the increased usage of that um you talked about you know personal data as well i mean i just wondered if you had any you know, maybe any tips for people who are utilising social media in order to... Social media people, you know. is, uh, again, you know, you, you've got to start your own way of thinking when it comes to security. If someone gets into your LinkedIn account, your Facebook account, you know, it can be very, especially if your business, it's very, very detrimental to the reputation of your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If someone does get in there and they could do absolutely anything, they could contact all of your customers... Mm. You know, making all sorts of strange statements or requests for transfers of payments, changes of bank accounts, any of those sort of things. So, I mean, social media is a, is a, is a different sort of animal, but it requires mm. the same level of protection as anything does. Anything that you're, you need to keep private to yourself, private for your business, just make sure you go through the right methods of doing that. And I say it's not difficult to put just the first levels of protection in place. There's loads more you can do. I mean, you can have things like encryption in transit. So all of the data that goes between yourself and the platform you're using, you can make sure that that's encrypted as well because it is possible to intercept data as it travels around the big wide internet. Okay. Um, those sort of things as well. It's, it's less likely, but if you are like a high profile or you've got something very, very secretive you want to keep, then there's more likely you're going to have a chance to get attacked. 
yeah, yeah, no, of course. Um, what about uh, your experience with the, the dreaded word, the, the computer viruses uh, coming through? Viruses um, have changed massively over the years, massively. Whereas before it was a little bit about pop-up, it was a little bit about so just an irritation more than anything else. Mm. Whereas nowadays it's about siphoning money. It's about making money through these platforms. Um, and I can't tell you the horrors of looks on people's faces. We've had them come to us and go, look, we've had, a, we've had something happen on our system. Um, can you look at what, and when we found out they've been encrypted, that's probably the worst. That's the way they tackle it nowadays. They'll be, uh, so one of these emails that comes through that looks genuine, that wants you to download. We've seen a massive increase lately in um, sort of OneDrive shared files. So someone or, or, or Dropbox shared files that someone you think or potentially looks like someone you deal with or you know has mm. asked you to share something or to, to open something. And it then get, gives you to a prompt where you need to log into Dropbox, where you need to log into OneDrive, mm. your Office 365 account. And you don't get the file, but you're too busy to find out why that website wasn't working. And I can honestly say the pain that's involved when this happens to businesses is not pleasant. Mm. It's a very awful situation for all concerned, you know, for the businesses, for, for, for people that are trying to deal with those businesses. And it just makes the business as well lose face. And yeah. the reputation is so important. It takes a long time to build up your reputation, but it's very, very quick. To break it down. Does it change a lot for you, like with regards to you know what you offer? I mean, it must be literally on a daily basis. Yeah, surely. I mean, even like for the past five years, from like cloud services now that are pretty much forefront of what our business means, um, from where your data is stored, how your business operates. Like you said about with COVID, with remote mm. uh, mobile users, remote users now, um, making sure that what they're doing is as secure as can be, and we yeah. have when users connect back. To to their offices or to their data, there's two factors involved. There's encryption involved in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it has changed and it will continue to change. You know, with the workforce externally now, um, managing the, the user's devices, what happens if they lose their laptop? What happens if they use their mobile device? Mm. You know, you need to make sure that what's on it is very, very easily and quickly be able to be locked out mm-hmm. or totally you know, that that device is removed from accessing any data if it's found lots mm-hmm. of things like that it's, it's, a, it's an, ever, an ever-changing game and we've just got to change with it because that's the way the industry it's that's how you, where the industry industry goes really yeah i mean it involves and moves so fast doesn't it i mean i was looking at an advert the other day with um, one, a mobile phone um and i was thinking gosh you know i remember having this little flip phone um gosh i can't remember what's actual the name of it now i know i had a nokia 3210 you know even then looking back when i was cuz my, my my son is uh, 13 and then looking back at how technology was when i was his age you know everything for children now is so immediate uh, if they want a song they just ask alexa <laughs> when you look at yeah it's very true actually yeah if you're not sure something ask alexa yeah but it's um but yeah kids you look at kids today with the, you know, they seem to be just a second nature on their devices now they'll be able to do so many things so quickly and that's the way that the technology is now it's literally bred into you now that that's what you're going to be doing yeah exactly um but yeah as it just just made me think i don't know when you have a moment of reflection and think do you, do you know how great that is you can just ask somebody how to spell something or like you know a little bit of history or to tell them you know a piece of information uh you know i remember having my little library cards we only had two spaces per week and if we missed our space we didn't get our homework done so yes yeah, it's, it's changed a huge amount um, i did want to just um touch on uh 
the security with businesses who are selling goods online um, because this has come come about a few times actually in conversations that I've had with the clients that I work with uh, you know people's as we've, we've we've said already before you know people's jobs um, and the way that they work has changed so dramatically that people are now are looking at how they can you know ship goods out or services through online taking payments then of course online as well so if they're not physically going out to see those people face to face with a card reader uh, they're taking payments uh, yeah through their websites um, is there anything you you could uh, you know, just sort of make people aware of to be very careful with if they're actually now moving on to an online payment system as opposed to cash or? If you're a buyer going online, obviously the key thing is on, on most sites are now by default, they've got like the, the padlock is, mm-hmm. is on the screen, which obviously means that the, the, the data is encrypted, it is secure. Um, if you're a seller, you, I think the a seller as well, there's so many good platforms around there for them to be able to use. They can tap into things like Shopify, they can tap into like the Amazon marketplace and they can then become part of a bigger, a, a bigger culture, really a, a bigger platform to be able to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as, as, a, as a seller, as someone wants to be able to sell a service online, I think there's a lot of good solutions out there now um, that allows the, the seller to be able to make sure that they're, that they're using a reputable brand. They're using, they can tap into PayPal. All of these sort of systems are, are there to be used. And I will say, all in all, they are very, very secure if used in the right, you know, in the in the right way. And there's enough people out there that would be able then to provide that level of service and expertise on that. We're not web designers, but we deal with web designers mm-hmm. that are involved in sort of the online marketplace like that. And it's just they teach us, which is always good. And so always mm-hmm. ready to learn about different technologies and the way things work and it's just making sure that you've got you using a reputable brand basically i would say yeah and it's just again like see what the right fit is for you what about ssl certificates uh, as far as is what it, they mean it, or how you get one yeah i mean what what so i don't really understand too much about them but i do know that if you are looking to take some payments online it's suggested that you do get one of those but in in most of these are they're provided by by the platform that you use but um I mean, I don't want to go into too much technical detail about how you you get and install a SSL certificate. Oh, no, of course, but, yeah. But um, they are definitely required. Mm-hmm. Like I say, if you say any any like the, the vendors that do provide the, the shopping facility, they will point you in the right direction for what's needed for SSLs. But then, again, they have another level of protection. Okay, so somebody is building a website or maybe looking at their website again, you know, updating it with the ways that they're working. So recommended the the SSL certificate uh, so they can either obviously look into that themselves or maybe go to their website designer to ensure that, you know, that's in place if they're starting to take payments online. Um, if you are a user and purchasing um, and parting with money online to keep an eye out for the padlock, as well that's um really really important that's another, another good thing as well is um i mean using credit cards and that online is a, a lot of the services now revolut is one that i use quite a bit personally as well mm. and it allows you to generate sort of throwaway cards yeah so you can use a card and after you've finished using it you can then just delete it and it then becomes inactive so you can't you haven't got then a chance for your card to get compromised that you mm-hmm. use it online just because of that. I've, I've, no, my, I've had cars that have been that have been taken online and that have been used elsewhere, and it's just then it's a learning curve with it. I mean, most of the banks are pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but it's just making again. It's it's, it's 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 about just being educated and learning 
the potential pitfalls of using any online service. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Revolut card, yeah, I've had one of those. I've had one of those as well. When we go go away, go away on holiday, we top up the Revolut card. So, yeah, that's really good. Well worth it. I'd recommend one of those to everybody. Are there any other, maybe, uh, situations you'd like to share whereby somebody hasn't had the right security in place and then maybe you've come along to rectify that for them just to sort of give the listeners a, an idea as to you know why it is so important to keep our data safe yeah i mean security comes in so many different ways and there's so many parts to your uh, your technical world that security and you know even your in your house if you, if you look if you don't lock your windows someone's going to get in it's the mm-hmm. same sort of thing if you leave the front door key underneath the mat someone's going to get in it's those sort of things that you need to just 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 be aware i think whatever you do online and in your business making sure that you've got the right tools in place whether it's down to your firewall whether it's down to your antivirus i mean mean, people use free antiviruses i'm not saying don't use those but there's a reason that they're free you know there's better platforms out there there's better there's better security tools that are out there to make sure that you're you know, your computers are safe. I mean, who would have ever thought we'd be using antiviruses on a on a mobile phone? No, even some down to the basics levels, when people phone you up and try and get you to do something on your computer over the phone, seen loads of that where you've got mm. these these like these centers that are based around the world somewhere that someone rings you up and says, Oh, this is Microsoft, we need to get on your computer, we've seen you've I've got a problem, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, I've had sort of uh, friends and family have had have had these calls and if you're not aware of it they're very very genuine sounding you know you got to say it's common sense but sometimes these people are so good they work they're trained in what they do and the way they deliver themselves unless you know you could quite easily then get get caught out by them yeah yeah exactly uh just wanted to cover the the virus software again um is there anything in particular that you would recommend as a again a good one or is this just based on you know sort of the individual i mean there's so many vendors out there i mean you've only got if you, if you search online for best antiviruses for businesses there's i mean the the, the top ones is going to be i think companies like eset uh bit defender um there's some very i mean norton has been known as has changed its name and, and its direction quite a few times mm-hmm. they've all got a place in the market it's just making sure you pick the right one really that's going to be right for you there's, there's different costs involved there's different levels of service um i say a lot of the the, the, the suites that you can buy they come with password managers they come with vpns they come with the, the, your, your antivirus software as well so there's a lot i don't i wouldn't like to recommend one mm-hmm. i mean us as a business we use bitdefender which we find a really really good piece of software okay um yeah. it does a lot of what some of the others don't do and it does it very very effectively and light so your machine doesn't run slow you don't get any strange warning pop-ups or you're not sure anything it's a it's a challenge to keep a, even like that particular vendor that we've used, we've changed the number of vendors to a number of vendors over the years for antivirus software, but that's the one we, we currently use in the business now. Having been in the industry for 20, 20 plus years, you know, we've talked at the beginning about the uh, first computer that, you know, we remember that we used and the uh, good old floppy disks. Um, do you, what are your thoughts with the future for technology? I just wondered if you had any thoughts about how you think technology is going to move, how it's going to go. Is there anything that maybe we need to be considering or thinking about we really are in a situation now where cloud from what it was five years ago to what it is now is a definite definite option for any business i think most businesses to be able to work in and we've got businesses that are totally hosted in the cloud so they have no on-premises equipment apart from their tablets and laptops 
that they connect to their business online. So that's one thing that's we've seen a massive change of. And I think the, the uptake on that is going to get more and more and more. OK, now at the end of it, every interview, we ask uh, some questions uh, which are actually inspired by the US TV show Inside the Actors Studio. Uh, so they're just for a bit of fun. But I'd like to ask you a few questions now, Mitch, if that's OK with you. Go for it. So what is your favourite smell? It's not, it's, not a, it's not one. It's probably a mixture. My favourite smell is probably when I go out to Spain. It's literally there's a lovely bar. We sit there where you can just smell the Mediterranean in front of mm. you. And when they have like a, a barbecue at the back and they cook like the fresh fish. I suppose it's a mixture of the two. Yeah. So it's those together that probably makes my favourite smell. When I sit there and I get, get a nice cup, a glass of wine and just sm- smell that, I just think, yeah. And do you have a favourite biscuit? <laughs> it's going to sound really st- but a happy face. I know which ones you mean, with the jam. <laughs> it's just those where you just you twist off the front of it and then you eat the face bit and then you've got the jam and the, the creamy bit in the middle. And then they no longer have a happy face. They've got yeah. a sad face. <laughs> um, and what about the most famous person you've ever met? I was walking in down to Shenfield Station, um, going to meet some friends at one of the bars there, and this guy come out the station and I thought to myself, this doesn't half look like Jimmy Carr. <laughs> and I literally just stopped and said, hello, Jim. And he went... Can you tell me where the, the Brentwood Centre is? And um, he was he was he was on there that that particular night, and I was I was thinking this is Jimmy Carl. Surely he'd be picked up by limousine. Yeah, that's it. He was the Brentwood Centre, but he was actually getting out of Shenfield Station, going to do a gig at the Brentwood Centre. So yeah, that's a good one. Actually, do you know, it always worries me that if I think I've actually never done this before, you think that someone's famous, and you think, oh, they look just like that person. I wonder if they are, and then just imagine that awful moment when you go up and you say. You're right, Jim. And then it's not him at all. That's the sort of thing that was happened to me. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to interview Mitch. Thank you so much for sharing your, your expertise and your, your advice and your tips as to how we can all continue to move move forward um, and be safe with regards to you know our online data. So now, if anybody uh, would like to know more, they'd like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Best way, um, you can email us, um, and our website is uh, www.safetynet.co.uk, and that's spelled S-A-F-E-T-N-E-T.co.uk. Um, call our office number on 0208 This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Do you know what? You've really got to keep on top of all this internet security and uh, encryption stuff and all the stuff he was talking about. Do you know what? My mind's been blown. It's like a much bigger subject than I ever thought. But um, I'm I'm pleased that uh, he pulled up a few things that I hadn't even really considered before. Yeah, definitely. And when we talk about passwords, I know I, for one, have been guilty of this in the past that you know, oh, it's such a boring thing, isn't it? Make sure you've got your passwords or maybe, you know, people are inclined to keep the same password for various platforms. I mean, I counted, I think I've got over 20 different passwords. Um, And it's really easy, isn't it, just to pop them on your computer, but that kind of defeats the object, doesn't it, if someone's hacked into your computer. So it's it's maybe something that people have been putting off doing, but absolutely vital to do because when your data's gone, it's gone. Yeah, and he mentioned uh, a password uh, organiser 
thing that a lot of the internet security companies uh, have put in place. And I use one, which I'm going to big up here, called TrueKey. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love TrueKey. It's really good. So I've got all my passwords in one place, but I have one big, super complicated password to access all my other passwords. Brilliant. That's a good tip. I'll have a look into that myself, actually. Oh, um, can I just mention something else that I use, which is really good, uh, which I don't think uh, Mitch actually touched on in the interview, is um, email security. So I use a, a, um, a bit of software called MailWasher. It gives you access to your emails before you download them onto your computer. Really? Yeah. Okay. So when the email comes in, I think I've got this right, when the email comes in, it goes into your server first and then it downloads onto your computer. Uh, but this uh, bit of software means that you can look at your email before you download it anywhere. Uh, you can sort it and decide which bits you want and which bits you don't want. Uh, you can bounce some of the email back so it doesn't get onto your computer. Uh, it detects what the spam is. It detects what the where the viruses are. Uh, so you only get on your computer the stuff that you actually want and you know, from the people you actually trust. So that's really good. That's a very good one too. But he came out with so many great ideas, didn't he? Uh, picked up on quite a lot of things that I hadn't thought of about this two-factor authentication. Um, and I noticed a lot of other people, especially Google, are doing that quite a lot now. You have to put in a password that they send you by text message and all those kind of things. Yeah, that's what I've got, actually. Uh, yeah, two-way verification. So, yeah, the text comes through and then I put the code in. Um, I think that's a really good, really good idea. Fascinating topic, and I feel that's almost something we might want to sort of revisit at some point. Uh, or just dip into certain aspects of it because it's a big topic, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, especially the way that technology is evolving. Um, it's changing all the time and updating itself. So, of course, that in turn, security of your data is going to also update itself. So I think it's an ongoing topic, to be honest. Yeah, if there's a subject you want us to deal with, by the way, on the show, do please let us know, especially if it's something to do with internet security or backing up your uh, your data or any of those kind of things. Is there anything you you feel that you need a little bit more help with then yeah reach out let us know and we'll get a guest on who can answer the questions so each week we like to big up a business who has commented um, and engaged on our social media so who are we going to be bigging up this week paul i've got another really complicated name here claire go on then he's been commenting on our posts on linkedin his name is gavin mcclouchich that's not right is it mcclouchich yeah maybe yeah maybe it's a different emphasis McClouchich. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> is that right? Gavin McClouchich. Yeah, if you say it right, you really have to work. If you're just getting, I think you're spitting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be. That's better. Gavin McClouchich. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, you really want to be standing back when you're doing that or wearing a mask or something, don't you, when you say his name? Definitely. This will get, this will get, you'll love this. He's the chief gin drinker, which again in itself is difficult to say. At Oyster Men Gin. Oh, I like the sound of this. Gin from the North Essex shores infused with sustainably sourced oyster leaf, a hint of Spanish lemon and a twist of Japanese Sancho pepper. I say that sounds a bit special. I had um, I had visions of the gin bin poured into an oyster shell. Oh, well then they might do that for you if you ask them. And drinking it from the oyster shell, don't I? Oystermengin.com. Oh, fantastic. If, I mean, you're Gavin, if you want to congratulate me on getting your name right then send me a sample if you want to I mean I'm, I'm not <laughs> and me <laughs> I'm not don't forget me well you, well you say you didn't say it did you so Gavin McClouchich <laughs> my word so you can find Gavin McClouchich by I'm, I'm saying it properly now it's rolling off the tongue easily now uh, you can find him on LinkedIn uh, by searching for Gavin McClouchich that's M-I-K-L-A-U-C-I-C-H 
and you can find their site at oystermengin.com. And that pretty much does it for this week. Don't forget, if there is a topic you'd like us to cover on the show, or if you'd like to say hi or continue the conversation, then come and find us on Instagram at Big Little Business Show, facebook.com slash Big Little Business Show, or you can search for us on LinkedIn too. And go and check out our website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. We have a page for every single episode and a big back catalogue of episodes now on loads of different subjects, which will all help your business to grow. Oh, one more thing. Don't forget, whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, to subscribe so you get uh, caught up with future episodes and go and listen to our back catalogue. And don't forget to give us a review as well because that helps to big us up in podcast land. So that's it. Until next week, say goodbye, Claire. Goodbye, Claire. The Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.